The fastest way over a fear is to go through the fear. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Aligned Performance Podcast, the podcast helping you to create a life of success and high performance that is aligned to your heart's purpose. My name is Trang, your host for the show, and I hope that you are having a spectacular week wherever you are as you listen to this. I am recording this on a Thursday. It's now been, what, a week and a half since I've been back from Bali. And if I were to share one theme or one thing that's been happening in my world this week, I would say it's it's the fervor and the life that I'm feeling at the moment. Like the energy and vitality I have and focus and clarity and drive is just off the charts. I don't think I've felt like this in a long time um, in every area of my life, like personally, professionally, socially, physically. It's incredible. Like, for example, this week I hit a little PB in my training. I achieved an unassisted skin the cat Now, that's not what it sounds like. It's an exercise where you start in a hanging position. So I'm hanging on a bar and then I flip my legs up so that I go upside down and I actually go backwards. So my legs are behind and over my head. And then I return back to to the starting position. It's a pretty challenging exercise. I've never been able to do that in my entire life until this week, which has been a mini win, but a very exciting one. And then tomorrow, I actually have a one-on-one session booked in with my gymnastics coach, and we're going to focus on handstands. That's something that I am now committing to develop because I've never been able to do a handstand in my entire life. And I'm like, I'm not going to let that control me anymore. The fact that I can't do handstands. I, I, you know, I'm a 27-year-old, like there are eight-year-olds doing handstands. I think it's time for me to, it's time for me to overcome that hurdle, hey. But yeah, like just so much vitality and drive at the moment. And I think, you know, I I attribute that to the fact that I had pretty much six weeks off before um, coming back from Bali. So six weeks off, three of those weeks were traveling in Queensland and Bali. And that contrast of completely switching off, then coming back to work where the results from my work come from my energy, my creativity, my creativity, my ability to think and reflect and to provide so much attention for my clients and all my speaking and everything. Um, it's not about hours, it's about energy. So taking that time off has been just just phenomenal for my productivity. Anyway, let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm talking about fear. And how you can overcome it. For me, bulldozing through my fears is something that I've always done. Like when I look through my entire life, from the start, from when I was young, it's always been a habit of mine to just jump into things without really thinking about it too much. And I know I've spoken about that in previous episodes. Like I haven't ever really had a problem with that. Having said that, though, I'm, I'm not perfect, of course. I still have fears that do hold me back. If 
I'm not being conscious about it and I'm not reflecting and illuminating these fears so that I can acknowledge them and then push through them. Here's an example. I have a dream of becoming a keynote speaker. In fact, it's not just a dream. I know and I will become a keynote speaker. It's something that I've actually only developed the the interest in doing this year. And going from knowing almost nothing about keynote speaking to having this dream of being invited to stand up on stage in front of thousands of people and being paid tens and thousands for it, that's a big step. (laughs) Like where does one even start in that pursuit? It's, It's quite overwhelming actually. So I spoke to my communication teacher and I asked him, you know, what's the pathway? What should I start with? And he, he made it really clear. Just start with writing up a keynote speech, which is anywhere between 45 to 60 minutes. Just come up with something, start with that, and then start putting yourself out there to deliver it in unpaid settings, in you know, local settings, in unofficial settings, whatever it is, start doing that. And then over time, that is when you can refine the speech. That's how you improve. That's how you get more opportunities. So it's pretty clear, right? Start with a 45 to 60 minute speech. Once I've got the skeleton of it and it's good enough to actually perform, then start putting myself out there for unpaid gigs. This was at least five months ago that I received this advice. And have I done that? Well, I have now, but up until recently, had I? No. (laughs) I spent months and months procrastinating on writing this speech. I watched heaps of YouTube videos about keynote speaking and, and all the ins and outs of it. I talked about it, right? I dreamt of it. Like I spent so much time these months just thinking and talking and 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 learning about it without actually doing it and it only took me to to recently to realize that i had been procrastinating out of fear like i felt so much overwhelm and desire to be perfect that i wasn't starting at all you know like i I hadn't made any moves to really start this career. And that's problematic because because you can have all the knowledge in the world. I could watch all the YouTube videos in the world and I could talk about it all I want and I can dream about it all I want. But unless I take that first step to just start scaling this mountain, I'm going to forever be standing in the valley looking up. So yeah, I've got this speech now, it is mapped out and I've started reaching out and um, have already booked in quite a few different workshops and events that I can actually share this speech at. So I'm finally making moves, but it did take me quite a few months. And this is the key thing. If you are going to work on anything in your pursuit of your big dreams and aspirations, Work on instilling the habit of leaning into your fears 
into your blood and bones. Because you can have all of the knowledge in the world. You can have all of the discipline in the world. But none of that is going to matter if you are being held back by your fears that you don't even start. This has got to become your baseline way of living and approaching life. Because so many people, they become lost in their fears. Their fears are like a snake trying to tell them these lies and they actually fall for these lies rather than recognizing these fears as something that is separate from them. It is not who they are. And then as a result, so many people's dreams are killed before they even have a chance to start. In the last episode, I shared a little bit about how I learned how to ride a scooter in my most recent trip to Bali. This was my third time in Bali, but my first time riding a scooter. Because the first couple of trips, it just wasn't even on my radar to ride a scooter. I'd seen too many Australians covered in patches. My mum's voice kept coming up in my head that I'd fall and end up under another scooter or another car and I'd die. So it just wasn't even something I was going to do. But this time, I was determined to do it. You know, when you hire scooters in Bali, you can get them from a proper scooter hire place. But why would you when every single local is more than happy to hire you their family scooter so that they can make the extra $10? So um, I remember we were staying at this resort and and we hired the scooters from one of the waiters who was working there. In the morning, he dropped off the scooter and I couldn't even turn it on. He had to help me turn it on. And then I'm just like, you know, practicing and learning how to ride this scooter up and down the driveway. I am wobbling. I'm crawling up and down the driveway at snail's pace. I'm like getting off the scooter just to do the U-turn because I don't have the control and the balance. And he's standing there on the side of the driveway looking at me with this worried look at his face thinking, am I even going to get my scooter back tonight? (laughs) Like James is trying to pretend that he's got nothing to do with me. It was hilarious. But yeah, like the first day uh, riding the scooter, luckily it was in the country. So there were nice, long, new roads that weren't too busy. However, I still remember pulling out to my very first T intersection and just stopping um, to give way because that's what you do at T intersections. But you know, that confused everyone else because no one stops at an intersection. And I think they all realized I was the newbie tourist. So they all stopped, put on their hazard lights for me to go. Um, the second day, I was starting to get a little bit more confident. I could go a little bit faster. My, my turns were getting a little bit sharper. Um, third day, feeling even better. But, you know, still preferring to avoid the busy traffic because it's just chaos over there. And then, you know, by the end of the week... I was able to drive like a Balinese. I was weaving in and out of traffic because the the roads are just single lane. So if there's a row of cars, you can wait behind the cars for 20 minutes or you weave between the cars and go along the gutter or go up along the the, um, pavement, the sidewalk, or go on the opposite side of the road to skip the cars. And I was doing that and I was so proud of myself. So ultimately, it was fine. 
I had hyped myself so much. I had so much fear about doing this thing that wasn't even that bad. Like there are nine-year-old school kids in Bali weaving in and out of traffic, right? Don't think it's legal, but they're doing it regardless. (laughs) And that's the point, guys. Like when you feel fear, the feeling is real. Like, yeah, you, you feel the butterflies in your stomach. You feel your stomach churning. You feel your heart rate going up. You feel your hands going clammy. So the feeling of the fear is real, but the fear itself isn't real. Like the fear itself is an illusion. It's an illusion because the fear is simply a self-created concept based off a story or a narrative that you have convinced yourself in your head. So for me, I was convinced that scooters equaled death, right? Based on everything that I was focusing on, based on my mum just drilling that into my ear. But in another person's reality, like in Bali, it's just normal. (laughs) So what belief system and what narrative do you want to choose to take on? Because... You can choose any of them. Here's another story about me feeling extreme fear about something that I eventually lent into. Two months ago, I signed up to do a stand-up comedy course with almost no knowledge on the art. It was just something that my communication teacher told me to do to improve my speaking ability. So I looked up courses in Melbourne. I found one that was starting within the week and then I signed up. In the very first class, we were told that we were going to go up on stage for five minutes and do a set. So here I was, having barely watched any stand-up comedy in my entire life, having prepared no content, about to go on stage in front of a group of people and try and make them laugh. I thought I was going to be sick. I don't think I'd felt so much fear in my body in who knows how long. Like my stomach felt like it was going to jump out of my body and I was like, maybe I should just walk out now. But then I got up there because I had to. Uh, I did a set. It was atrocious. No one laughed at all. I completely bombed. But I survived. I didn't die. It's all good. (laughs) Then the second time I'm doing a stand-up set in front of a group of people, I still felt so much fear, but it was a little bit more controlled this time. I had to remove myself from people and do some deep breaths and close my eyes and meditate and everything. And that helped calm me down. But yeah, I still had these raging butterflies that were more like bats in my stomach. The third time, it was just light butterflies. And I'm like, okay, this is good. Like I'm starting to feel less fear about doing this stand up thing. And then the latest time, which is only like the fourth or fifth time that I've been on stage, it was just fine. It was just normal. No butterflies. Going up on stage was just like me getting into the car to drive to work. And I've had a client who's experienced experienced this as well. Um, Through our course, her goal was to start a podcast. And at the start, she had so much fear about talking into the mic, about sharing her thoughts and her beliefs candidly, you know, about, 
saying the right things and not being overly boring and then releasing that for the world to listen to, you know, to her friends and family and all that. She was so scared. And then she did it in the course. And then over time, she shared with me that the feeling of fear started to diminish. And now she's got dozens of episodes released and it's just something that's second nature to her. Second nature. Which, <laughs> like side thought, why is it called second nature and not first nature? <laughs> I feel like I need to Google that now. Anyways, point is, when facing your fears, they get smaller. They eventually diminish into nothing. That's what happens when you face your fears. However, if you were to avoid your fears, every day that you spend leaning away from your fears is every day that fear will grow. Why? Because the longer that you spend actually feeding into this narrative, the narrative is going to self-confirm itself. It's going to accumulate. It's going to compound and eventually become this gargantuan belief system that you no longer even recognize as a belief. Like You will think it is reality when it's not. It's just a narrative in your head that is based off this false psychology, false emotions. And that's where you get you know, older people in your life, maybe your parents, maybe your grandparents, who are living in so much fear and their fears are so irrational, but nothing you say can convince them otherwise. Like they are so set and embedded in this story that they have spent their lives creating. So the fastest way over a fear is through the fear. It's the only way. And by the way, that, that whole line, the fastest way over a fear is through it, is actually inspired off this joke that, <laughs> that I usually say. Um, this was a joke slash bad advice that I received when I was a teenager, that the fastest way over a man is under another man. <laughs> um, anyway, I thought I'd share that because I thought that was pretty funny. So the fastest way over a fear is through it. You've got to go through it. You've got to look at fear in the face and take action regardless. You've got to do the thing regardless of whatever you feel about it. And then you can illuminate this fear for what it is. That it's an illusion, not reality. So you're listening to this now and you're probably thinking, Cool, Trang, I know I've got to overcome my fears, but how do I do that? Well, let me share with you three ways. The very first step is you've got to logically pull apart and break down the fears because you're smart. You know when you're in actual danger versus not, but your body doesn't. Your body still has a survival instinct. It still has it still has a responsibility to put itself into fight or flight mode when it thinks it's in danger. But 
in the modern world, you're, you're rarely in actual danger. Like you're not going to be at risk of dying most of the time. So you need to actually use your brain to convince your body of that. The first step is to find evidence at a logical intellectual level for why this fear is invalid. So if I use a stand-up comedy as an exercise, um, as an example, what I would do is um, sit down, take a pen and paper and write down all the reasons in dot pointed form of why stand-up comedy is not that bad. And there's no real reason to be freaking out over it. So I might talk about how, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, the worst thing that can happen is that I either freeze on stage or I say a joke that completely bombs, right? Really, that's, that's the worst thing that can happen. Is that that bad? No. Like how many people freeze and bomb on stage? Probably every single comedian at some point, right? And no one's actually died doing that. They're all still okay. And in reality, the audience probably doesn't care. Like they're not going to be sitting down three years later thinking about how I bombed on stage or how I froze on stage laughing about it. They probably will forget about it an hour later because they have too many things to think about in their own lives, right? So listing out all the evidence for why the fear is invalid and then even make it a little bit humorous and even make a little bit of a joke out of it. So for example, oh, stand-up comedy, what a hoot. This is something fun to do and yeah, like don't need to take it too seriously. So turn it into something a little bit more lighthearted, yeah? And then from there, what you've got to do is you've got to develop the muscle of leaning into fear rather than away from it. That's simply a muscle that you've got to build. It's a neural pathway in your nervous system that you need to build so that it's something that is ingrained into your mode of operation, to your MO. It's like it becomes the way that you see the world, that if you recognize a fear, then you lean into it rather than away from it. And that is something that you've got to train and develop over time. And I talk about this a lot, you know, this base mode of operation, that is the key. When it comes to discipline, that is the key when it comes to eating well and losing weight. Like there's a reason why fad diets don't work. There's a reason why using willpower for short periods of time doesn't work. Because ultimately, the thing that does matter is your mode of operation, is your baseline way of showing up and approaching life. So you've got to develop that muscle of leaning into fear. And that all starts by taking small steps, one at a time. Start today, choose one fear and start small if you need and action on that this week. The next week, do it again. Week after, do it again. Build up bigger over time until eventually it's just who you are. It's how you identify. And once you identify as someone who leans into fear, once that's part of you, then consider it locked in because you know, the, the brain unconsciously is going to always act in alignment with how it identifies, with how it sees itself. It's just how the brain works. So build that up over time. And that's why all the little things, all the decisions you make day to day 
are really actually big because they all are required to accumulate on top of each other to develop this MO. And here's the last thing. Here's the last thing that you need to learn. Here's the last thing you need to know to overcome fear. You need to just do it. (laughs) Sounds so simple. And this may or may not be helpful, but this is the key. Like, that's the point. You feel fear, but you take action regardless. So no matter how much fear you are feeling, no matter how much you are hating something, no matter how much you'd rather do anything but that, just throw yourself in and do it. Because that fear, it's going to be temporary. You're going to feel it for a short amount of time. But the reward and the fulfillment and the growth that you get from putting yourself into that situation is going to last so much longer, if not a lifetime. So just do it. And that's the whole point. The more that you build that muscle, the more that you build calluses on your own brain to withstand the feeling of fear and be able to deal with it, the more you can actually change your identity of that's who you are now. You lean into fear rather than away from it. So if you need, start small, but maybe not. Like maybe starting small is just an excuse and just another reason to procrastinate. Maybe there's something big that you have been meaning to do. (laughs) This This is your sign. This is your reminder. This is your opportunity now to show up as your highest self. Do it. And that's where I'm going to leave this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the end of another one. I appreciate you still being here so, so much. I would love to interact and get to know you. So if you are listening to this episode right now, if you have come up with the one thing that you are going to action on, I would love it if you sent me a message, whether it's an email or an Instagram, like let me know that you listened to the episode. Let me know what it is that you're going to uh, lean into. If you want, I'll keep you accountable. I am more than happy to do that. Um, But I just love to hear from you. I'd love to interact and get to know those of you who are listening to the podcast um, because then I can keep this as personal as possible and we can have this two-way street rather than just the one-way one. All right, that's it. You have a fantastic week. I trust and I know that you will. You'll create that and I'll catch you in the next episode. Cheers.